I went to purchase my second home. Kind of a similar situation, not on the loan part, but mm -hmm. understanding what goes along with getting a VA mortgage and the requirements for housing uh, that the VA has. Yeah. Um, so I was getting a new construction and oh. I was expecting a certain staircase in my home. And when I went to check on the build, the staircase wasn't there. Oh, uh, fun. And so I called the builder's rep and they were like, well, the VA won't let us build it that way. We have to build it to the standard. And I was like, I don't understand. This is your floor plan. Welcome to Agent Success Podcast. If you're a real estate agent looking to succeed in today's crazy market, well, you're in the right place. Each week, we talk with successful real estate agents willing to share their expert insights, trade secrets, and mindset that help them to succeed. There's no fluff, just straight to the point content that prioritizes one thing above all, your success. So without further ado, let's cut to the chase. Welcome to another episode of Cut to the Chase. I am Tim Chase, your host, and we are talking all things real estate, how to succeed in real estate, how to build your business in real estate, how to be better in real estate, and I interview the best in real estate. Today, I happen to have one of those with me. Longtime friend of mine is Brandy Brown. How are you, Brandy? I'm good. How are you? Good. Brandy uh, owns Exit Realty Mountain View. Um, you've been doing this for a couple of years now. I mean, it's I mean, okay, so you're hitting about two decades. Big deal, oh right? Yeah. Does that, make, does that make you feel young when yeah, I say that? Yeah, two, dec much. two decades. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and you have a team? I have a company. You have a company. Yeah. You have a company and a team, right? I don't I don't actually have my own team. Okay. I well, is your company your team? Yeah, I okay. guess so. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Um, how many agents do you have? 23. That's it, 23? So you, you've, you've only recruited 23 people? Only, wow. yeah. <laughs> that's a big deal. Probably right? recruited a lot more than that. Yeah, but, you know. but that's a big deal because it's very it's difficult to build a real estate business because like in mortgage business, like what am I offering right? that's going to attract that person? And right. what type of person do I want to attract? Right. Um, sometimes you can have a phenomenal thing and attract less than phenomenal people. Sure. So yes. to have something amazing and attract the right people is it can be difficult. So that's great that you're out you're out doing that. That's that's a much harder than a lot of people think. Um let's see, best of Colorado Springs in twenty twenty three. Yeah. Wow. I haven't been best of anything in twenty twenty three. I'm I'm trying, right? Sounds like you're the best of podcasts. <laughs> the best shows. of podcast <laughs> best, best, it, best it, there you go. I get an award. That's a participation award. Right. But at the same time, yeah. maybe most improved over time. <laughs> this is our second take. Right? Well, so. Best of Springs is voted on by your clientele and people in the community. So that's oh, okay. a big deal. Well that could be then. So uh, what tell me about PPAR and WCR. Did you have what have you done with them? Um I was women's council of realtors, Pikes Peak. Uh, membership director last year in 2022. Thankless job. Um, aren't all of our jobs thankless <laughs> jobs? No, I'm just kidding. Well, a lot, um, of the a lot of the volunteer stuff for your local boards and your women's council, uh, stuff like that. Sometimes you put a ton of work into those things. They take they take far more hours than a lot of people understand. Yeah, people don't realize what what it takes to volunteer. Yeah. Um, all of those members that are now serving on those boards, kudos to them. I did some um, stuff with WCR yeah, a few years ago, and it was, it was like every time I thought that I had my day, like, okay, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, crap, man, I got like two hours of, <laughs> <Right>? of, <laughs> of, of commitments to do here. Um, it always at the end, I, I think it was in the grand scheme of things, very worth it. But when you're committing those couple hours at that exact time, you're like, oh, man, this this is kind of time consuming. It is, but it's definitely worth it because you're networking in the community mm -hmm. and you're meeting the other people that are doing what you do every day. And that's encouragement and, you yeah. know, help. And when we say that it's thankless, the people that notice that what you're doing, that's, those are the people that matter anyway. And Maybe I wanted a parade or something. That. That's what I wanted. <laughs> I, didn't just, I didn't just want like, hey, thanks, man. I wanted to like, yeah, he did it. You know, it's not something a little more encouraging. Right. Well, hey, let's jump into a couple things really quickly. Sure. Um what got you into real estate? Like, like, why did you decide to go down this uh, questionable path of real mm. estate? Well, we talked about this before, and I mm -hmm. had a um, purchasing my first house when I'm 21. You don't know what you don't know, and I wasn't. You I didn't know what were I did. Were know. you military at the time? I was. Okay. And the agent was also at LO. 
Oh, so the agent was your LO and your agent. Yeah. And, oh. And put me into an FHA mortgage instead of so talking VA. to me about my VA he probably options. Didn't, he or she probably did not understand VA. Right. Yeah. Um, which is weird because I'm, you're in the military community. You should understand VA, right? <laughs> well, you, you, would you, would, you would think. Yeah. Um, so Common sense I, ain't so common, Brandy. <laughs> right. I went to purchase my second home. Kind of a similar situation, not on the loan part, but mm-hmm. understanding what goes along with getting a VA mortgage and the requirements for housing uh, that the VA has. Yeah. Um, so I was getting a new construction and oh. I was expecting a certain staircase in my home. And when I went to check on the build, the staircase wasn't there. Oh, uh, fun. And so I called the builder's rep and they were like, well, the, the VA won't let us build it that way. We have to build it to the standard. And I was like, I don't understand. This is your floor plan. Like, yeah, somebody tell me what the heck. And um, they pulled out a regulation that I had no idea about. And oh, that um, sounds weird. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> right. Yeah. Wow. I think you're the one that taught me about that later <laughs> down the road. <laughs> okay, well, um, but I didn't yeah. know what I didn't know again. Yeah. And so I threw a fit and they ended up making con- some concessions. They couldn't fix the staircase. It had to stay as it was. Yeah. Uh, but they made some concessions to me on that build, gave me a couple of upgraded things. And my lender, she said, I think that you should probably get into real estate because the way you advocated for yourself is what people need mm-hmm. in a real estate professional advocating for them. Um, so I took the two-week course for licensing in Tennessee. Yeah. And uh, got a little real estate license in 05. Did your did your license have um, reciprocity into Colorado? Or it, did you have to retake it? It did, but I let it expire because when the uh, housing market did its thing you last year. Because you said that was 2005? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah so yeah. in 08, so I moved to Hawaii, and getting a license in Hawaii is much difficult, much more difficult, and they so don't just, have reciprocity. So you just let it, let it so lapse. I let it go, yeah. Gotcha. Did you buy in Hawaii? I did not. You rented in Hawaii. I should have. So <laughs> <laughs> Knowing now. Yeah. I, I would have I would have definitely come and visited. Everybody should have bought in Hawaii in 08 and 09. Yeah. So um, do you think it's better um, for somebody PCSing here? Uh, and I know the situation will be different for different people, but what situation is right for buying and what situation would you maybe look at and say maybe you want to be renting and not buying? We're brokers. I'm a broker. It's yeah. always the right purchase but if you're not going to be here you know if you know like you're coming down and mm-hmm. you can move here in military and you're coming down on assignment some of those tours are one-year commitments and then yeah. they move you again depending on what your job is in the military mm-hmm. if you're going to be here 12 months you probably sh- maybe don't need look to at rent buy. Yeah. you might want to live on post or uh, you unless uh, unless you want to be a landlord right, right. unless you want to be a landlord because if you try to sell that in the year you're, you're not going to no. recoup yeah Unless you, unless you have a magical 12% increase in the market that right. year. And, yeah. and I don't think we're going to see that no. again. <laughs> not, not anytime soon. Not yeah. anytime soon. Okay, here's, here's an off... This is an off-script question that I was thinking about this morning. And so it's not on any, any of my kind of predetermined questions at all. Um, this is just a thought. And so I'm wondering, do you think... It, so, so right now, it's difficult for people to get approved for a loan. Because you have high house prices and you have high mortgages. Right. If you had to pick one, is it the high mortgage? Is it, is it the mortgages are too high or is it house prices that are too high? Now, I understand that I'm in the mortgage world, so I know I'm going to say something. You're in the real estate world, so you, you're probably going to have a thought on this as well, but it may be different than mine. Well, I don't think they're mutually exclusive of each other. Okay. When the rates were really low, what did it do? It gave people more buying power. What did that do? It drove the market, which drove the prices up, right? So Okay. So now rates stabilize. Right. But house prices are very high. Right. So people are complaining, and I, I keep hearing this, like, oh, man, interest rates, interest rates. And I, I pulled these charts, right? And I'm like, well, over the last, you know, two years, it's been pretty, you know, pretty inexpensive for money. Well, it's been three years, very inexpensive for money. Um the, the, the cost of money is very cheap, right? right? Um, and, and what that does is when the cost of money is cheap, the, the demand will go up. Right. And then as the demand gets too high, you have to raise the cost of money, which will then lower the demand. So you have to create this balance. And so the Fed and, and Jerome Powell, they're, they're, trying to, they're trying to do this balance. I don't know if they're doing a good job or bad job because I'm not an economist. I got opinions, but it's right. like <coughs> self-serving, okay. self-serving opinions. Um, 
That being said, though, when I look at collectively, let's take the take the last ten years out of it. So from the recession in let's let's call it two thousand nine, mm-hmm. okay, two thousand ten, something like that, up until or maybe like two thousand twelve, up until now, the interest rates have been below five almost always. Okay, so okay. as I was looking at the at this rate chart, the last three years have been ridiculously low, but most people who have bought in, in the last ten years have experienced very low rates, and now. Rates are above that and higher than that. So it led to the thought of, well, maybe, maybe it's not interest rates because before that, rates were always above five and sixes and sevens and eights and nines, right? They were always above that, but people could still afford to buy houses. Right, because the houses didn't cost $500,000. Exactly. So now our average, what is our average? It's, it's like high, high fours, fours, right? Four nineties, I think. Which is crazy, right? Right. It's it's very expensive. Oh, when I bought my first house here in Colorado, I paid two fifty for it because it did not appraise. I paid two fifty five for mine. Yeah, my, my, when I bought in here in Springs, uh, but that was my gosh, that was 15, seventeen years ago, something like that. So it was a little while back. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, it just maybe kind of curious, like how would a real estate agent? So I know I kind of pinned you down on that question, right? But how would a real estate agent look at that? Because a real estate agent, like, um, well, as, as any homeowner, we like appreciation. Right. That, that, that helps us, right? We love that. But when rates, we say they raise, but did they normalize? And if they've normalized, then our house price is too high. Well, they did raise. Are yeah. they normal? Do I feel like they're normal? I paid 8.375 <laughs> on my $72,000 thousand square foot house yeah. in 2001, right? Yeah. So, so hundred grand at eight percent is pretty cheap, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, five hundred grand at eight percent is very expensive, right? So mortgage rates go up. We had that pricing, you know, we had this steady increase in home values in Colorado Springs, and yeah. if you sold a house in the last four years, you probably profited greatly on that, right? You made six figures on your house, even really, if yeah. you didn't own it for a long time, you still probably yep. made a pretty penny on it. Well. Who is the biggest perpetrators perpetrators of misinformation in the market? Uh, politics. Well, yeah, oh. but I would also <laughs> like to say that we do this to ourselves a lot of times. Okay. Real, what? Sta- real estate professionals and mortgage industry people. Mm-hmm. We cause the chaos in the market a lot of times hmm. because we are like, oh, the sky is falling. Everybody needs to buy a house right now. And then and you're pushing you're pushing that, that right. That. Or this is a great time to buy. And then we got people paying fifty grand, hundred grand over list oh my gosh. price yeah, for those, houses. Those appraisal gaps were ridiculous. Were we actually educating people and saying, Are you sure you want to do this and understand what this means for your money and what this means mm-hmm. for future sale of your home and what might happen in the market? Did we educate people enough for that? Yeah. Right? Or did we just throw people into houses and collect commission checks? So I would like to think that Everybody mm. that I associate and do business with, we did things the right way, and we talked to people about what the pros and cons were of buying and selling mm-hmm. at certain times in the industry and the market. But what we also did is we were like, and I d- I'm guilty of it too, I sold a house in 24 hours, and it was every house. Every house I put yeah. on the market had multiple offers, multiple yep. showings, you know, and it was gone in 24 hours. We were under contract, yep. and I'm like, well, I got, you know, I got them $200,000 in equity on their cash out when they sold this house. Yeah. We all did it. We all did it because it was exciting and it was great and it was cool to see the market yeah. do that. Well, now what's the average days on market? Uh, I don't know. I imagine in the 20s. Mm-hmm. It's probably know. a little bit higher for those little bit higher priced housing, okay. right? So now we have sellers that think that they can sell houses in less than okay, 24 we're gonna, hours. We're going to go put an offer on a house, a uh, 30-day contract, and then we'll put our house up for sale. Well, hold, 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 we got to think this right. through. we we got to really, be educated on we've this. We've got to yeah. shift. We have to shift as professionals when the market shifts and under, you know make people understand that the market's not always 24 hours on the market. Sometimes your house is going to sit longer, and here's the reality of the situation. Money costs more. Yeah. We live in a veteran community where yep. people – are going to be here three to five years, and they're really taking a hard look at what they're investing on. Yep. We also have a lot of professionals, uh, I think medical profession in Colorado Springs at the beginning of the year was like the highest contributing um, mm. profession to our local industry. It really? wasn't even military, it was wow. medical. So now who's the target market? And understanding that a lot of people might be buying rental properties yeah. to help 
people that are travel nursing because we have. I'll a tell you, tra- travel nursing. Yeah, we it, have it, a shortage of medical professionals now. So, who is the housing demographic, and how do we serve each one of those demographics so without making them feel like a, they can't afford to buy? So, as a real estate agent, then understanding not just. Uh, I mean, you have to understand your local data. And it, yes. I, you know, oftentimes we get national data. That's like, the, like we get like, right. oh, the national average is, yeah, yeah. It's very, very important for the local real estate agent to get local right. data, local accurate data that can help them say, okay, in this area, here's what's happening. Right. right? In this and area, the here's what's happening. communities they're serving because within that area, Fountain yeah. is not the same as Briargate, is not yep. the same as Monument, is not the same as Woodland Park, it's yeah. not the same as Falcon. Or Black yeah. Forest. All of those specific areas are different. Well, uh, I, uh, you know, Brandy, I live on the west side close to Manitou in an old house. And I heard rumors that there's really nice houses on the east side and the north. I, I've never <laughs> ventured that far, but I hear they're very nice. They're very nice. And they don't yeah. fall apart. And you don't every weekend <laughs> have to fix something, you know. I love Manitou, though. Like, yeah. I love it. I'm actually in Manitou. I'm just I'm in that general area. Right? I, I kind of like those houses better. Everything's not a cookie cutter box, right? Uh, no, and nothing's square. Right. So <laughs> it's not, not only is it on a, a box, it's not square. It's a really crooked box more of an egg shaped right uh so i'm gonna jump into a couple more questions here with you really quickly when you first started in real estate you had i imagine some big grandiose plan you were probably going to be the biggest the best whatever a lot of people are and then as you matured in business your goals i imagine have changed can you tell me what they were originally versus what they are now yeah um in 2005 i was just like let me see if i could sell some houses and how this thing plays out, right? Um, And then uh, probably, I don't know, probably three or four months into doing real estate, I was like, I want to own a brokerage because my broker Three or four months in? Oh, well, you're ambitious. I worked for this mom and pop brokerage. (laughs) They had been in the community since like the 70s. So it was like the grandparents, the parents, the kids, and everybody ran this brokerage throughout their did they wear gold vests? Uh, no, yeah, they okay. didn't. It was a little okay. local brokerage. Okay, gotcha. And um, they were well known in the community, and d- all of the big players were starting to come into that community at that time, mm. like Crylike and KW, and, oh, and yeah. everybody. The big brands were coming. So they in. had this little local dominance. Yes, yeah, so and they all had of a sudden, dominance, and then all of the yeah. local brands started filling up the area, and I was like, I'm never going to be that big box brand and I'm always going to be the mom and pop and I'm going to open my own and leave yeah. this family legacy. Oh, okay. Markets are different in different places and nobody told me like when you move, yeah. that might not be the case in the market where you're going. So you go to a different market, yep. big metropolitan area and people are like, you know, we like this big we box like the name. name over here. Over I was going to, I was going to say, cause, cause yeah. X is, X is kind of a big brand, right? Yeah. So we're kind of a big brand. We're, yeah. we're actually one of the younger brands, but we've been, our uh, X has been around since uh, 25 years. It's 25 years. We celebrated our 25th anniversary last year. So we've been around a while. You, you've been doing real estate almost as long as they've been in business. Yeah. Well, wow. I thought it was super cool when our colors originally were teal and like a um, purplish color. Yeah. And so when they came into that community that I lived in and they put up the big exit sign, I was like, oh, my God, I love their colors. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't join a brokerage based yeah. on their colors, or maybe you do. Yeah, maybe you do. Do you do you, uh, um, do you have a vehicle painted in the in the exit teal uh, or anything? Never. Never? Okay, you're not, no, you're not that. I drive terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you no, I'm not putting my phone number and my logo on the side of my car. Uh-uh. Right, you're like, do not base my no. driving off of my ability to do real estate. <laughs> Right. Do you live on the east side of town? Uh, southeast, yeah. Southeast. Okay. Well, you, ha- you, you have to you have to drive a little aggressive. Like if I get over anywhere near the east side at all, it's like it's like a, a NASCAR race to get to Costco or to get to King Supers or something like that. It's, well, it's we have this diverse city, and everybody learned to drive different. My favorite is like you know people in the south they learn to drive on a tractor, right? Yeah. And a cornfield. Yeah. So you got like. People that, pa- one, yellow, one, one people that ride the yellow, people that ride the, you know, different. It's crazy. Yeah. One Living lane's, one lane's doing 27 and they're talking and right. having a good time. And the other lane's freaking out and honking and trying to cut people. Yeah. 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 We're a pretty diverse city, right? Yeah. That's an interesting way to look at it. That's very interesting. You so, can tell how diverse the city is by, you know, the traffic patterns and how people drive. It, it, it is pretty wild. I, I, uh, I can say I, I went around a guy the other day uh, on the highway in the north, north end up by... Um, 
interquest area mm-hmm. right up, up on i-25 it's crazy up and there. i'm driving yeah, i'm driving and most traffic is going fast and this guy's just doing so slow man he's just like so just chill and like he's in like a van like man what's this guy doing like like i'm okay driving like at a normal pace but i go around him and of course i'm like you know you have to stare at the person that you go around because you got to make this judgment right like based right. off like i already think how i know who this person's going to look now i'm going to stare at him when i pass him so i can justify my judgments of how you know how superior right. you are in your driving abilities so i go around him and this dude was so chill he had like a takeout styrofoam box in his left hand eating with his right hand i think he was driving with his knee and then he was talking to his wife in the passenger seat and they, no cares in the world. True story. Like this really happened. Yeah, it was, it was like Saturday. Not right. a brandy. Not a care in the world with so this guy. So your judgment was correct then. No, my. It, it, I at first I thought it was like you gotta be kidding me. Look at this guy driving with eating. But then after I thought about it for a little while, I'm like, man, I want to be that chill. Like not a care in the dang world. He's gonna get where he's gonna get. Maybe 15 minutes after me, yeah. but he's gonna get where he's gonna get right and right. He's going to be super chill about it. He's not going to get somewhere. He's like some sort of road rage or something. It's I not going to bug him. I don't advise eating takeout from a styrofoam <laughs> box while operating motor vehicle. Uh, on the interstate. Right. Yeah. On I-25 of all places. Yeah, exactly. Um, so tell me what you think. Give me like a couple activities that a real estate agent has to do. A new real estate agent comes in. What do they have to do? Like, like. A non-negotiable. If you want to win, you do this, you're going to win. So it's funny you ask that. I've just left my office where we were doing a webinar. We were listening to a webinar from a top producing agent that mm-hmm. does like over 35 transactions a year. And in 35 her, a year? Yeah. Okay. And in her interview, she said, I don't have a CRM. What? She doesn't have a CRM. Does she have a memory of an elephant? She writes everything on paper and it's like in a, in a file. Hmm. Interesting. I was like, her broker is failing her. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was an agent and probably not the broker failing her. But my immediate thought was like, where is your support as a agent that you are managing your clientele at more than 35 transactions a year mm-hmm. on paper with no CRM and nobody, no broker has guided you or told you it's time for a CRM. And guess what? On the 17th of the month, a magical list pops up of people you're supposed to contact. Right. And you don't just have to remember it. Now, I used to use a three-ring binder. Oh. Um, and I, I called it... black book. I called it my A to Z. My, my one to th- A to Z, one to 31, or one to, one to 31, A to Z. And I just got these... I went to Stables or Home you know, Office Depot or whatever, and I bought these little tabs that go in a three-ring binder. Right. A to Z, and I put each client in through A to Z uh-huh. based off last name. And at the front of the binder, I had my one to 31, which is represented the days of the month. And... I would just have a, a page on each day and I'd write down who I was supposed to call. Like I'm supposed to call the person on the 17th. I go to the 17th and write it down. Sounds right? like ninja training. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I then would look I'd say, okay, I, I didn't think about the Smiths from the time I wrote it down until the time I had to call them. Right. I would go to the Smith and say, oh, read my notes on their real handwritten. It worked amazing. And here's why it worked is because I did it. Right. You were consistent with it. That's why it worked. Now, right. just magically hoping it happened that never work right. for me right so like sometimes when you say three ring binder yeah. i lost you lost me a three ring binder because <laughs> i was like you did what now <laughs> well but but, but that is but the if you work selling it, principle but, but, and that's how you do it you have this list of people and this is who you call on this day and this yeah. is who you call on the next day so really having the consistency mm-hmm. to grow your sphere um, and grow your yeah. database and talk to people and actually talk to them mm-hmm and tell them you're in real estate and not be afraid. These are the things that new agents need to be successful, but dang, you need a CRM. Yeah. Well, it, well it can't be a piece of paper. And I, the way that I always look at it is what is the best CRM? It's the one you're going to use. Right. Right. It could right. be top producer. It could be, um, uh, I don't know how many, there's a bazillion There's different, a gazillion uh, of them. Different. And the first thing you should do is ask your broker, what do CRM? you provide yeah. a CRM or mm. do we have access to a CRM? Mm-hmm. Every brokerage in town probably has some sort of tool for you to use. Can I ask what you guys use? We use Chime System. Uh, You said Chime. Chime. It provides our website and our CRM and lead generation database. Oh, nice. And on the CRM, does it tell you who to call when and so on and so forth? It does if you set it up that way. Well, yeah, you got you. Like I say, it works if you work it. Right. So if you're looking, uh, my personal recommendation besides the one that we Mm -hmm. use 
all of them work. Chime works, KV Core works, Lion's Desk, all of them work mm-hmm. if you use the system. And if yeah. you learn the system, yep. my tech, my IT gal and my admin would say, Brandy doesn't actually learn the system. She has us do it. For <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, it's important to know your strengths. Just set it up right? for yeah. me and tell me yeah. what, what needs to happen well, and then we'll make that happen, right? Yeah. But if I had to give somebody one that's pretty inexpensive that will help you yeah. Um, grow your database, I would say Brian Buffini is your for all maker. Mm. I know a lot of people that have been using Buffini. Do, are you, uh, have you, um, have you ever done coaching with Buffini? I well, you have because I've got yeah. your mailers. I'm a certified mentor for Buffini. So oh, I can okay. teach their courses. His uh, CRM, uh, although I, I, I think it's, I think it's intentionally not super robust because everybody has to be able to use it. Right. Right. So they want it to right. be simple. But if you use it, it works. Right. And every day it tells you who to call, who yeah. to visit, who to yeah. send a note to. Yeah. You know, all of the things that you need to do to stay top of mind to people that are in your database. Mm-hmm. And then what people don't realize is you actually have to get up and do this business every day. Yeah. You can't sit around in your pajamas. You can't watch your morning news, drink your coffee, and then, you know, go to HGTV yeah. and fall down the rabbit hole or get on YouTube and fall down the rabbit hole of videos or TikToks or whatever. Two, hour, two hours happening. later, you're like, right. oh, it's I 10. Do? I better get going. Yeah, well, no, man, you should have been two hours right. into your calls at that point. And yeah. I would also recommend that you don't check emails before you do your prospects. Oh, hold on a second. Let's, let's hit that really quickly. That is most people roll over in bed, mm-hmm. open their phone, Look at well, either look at email or, or social media, right? Yeah. yeah. So let's say that they look at email. Now you have a bunch of to do stuff, right? So right. What time do you recommend doing prospecting, and for how many hours a day? Time is your most valuable asset that you have. Mm-hmm. We all know that. That's not anything that I'm quoting. That's not mm-hmm. a true statement. You have to prospect when you know that you're going to be good at it. So what is that for you? It depends on your personality, okay. right? I'm best at prospecting from 9 to 11 because mm-hmm. I've had my coffee. I've managed to not kill anybody, and I'm ready to go. But I also know that Kay. the moment I open that email, my day is it's done. done. It's done. It's done. So if yeah. I don't do those things, those prospecting activities prior mm-hmm. to opening that email, it's going to blow a my lot. Day. That's a lot of discipline for somebody who so, – so I'm going to summarize really quickly. Um, what is the one activity? And here's my summary that I got from you. Number one, get a CRM. So this number, this, this one thing turned into like three things, but all all very important, (laughs) right? Number one, get a CRM. Right. Number two, build your database. Yep. Number three, dedicate very specific time every single day to prospecting. And, um, you know, prospecting is interesting because we get busy in the minutia. We get busy right. and oh, I really need to search the MLS for this property. I got, man, I got this client coming in from, you know. In two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and I really need to build my CRM, but I have to, you know, do 50,000 smart plans to add to yeah. it before <laughs> I put anybody in it. And it has to be perfect. And the, I understand that that's personality style. Yeah. It'll never be perfect. It won't ever yeah. be perfect. It's always has, it always has to be something that's evolving. Yeah. But prospecting, people don't understand prospecting either. Prospecting is a whole slew of things. It's not getting on the phone and making cold calls mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like that. Prospecting can be going and visiting people, checking in on your local people that you've closed deals with, you know, um, going to an event mm-hmm. with someone, visiting a model home with somebody like, oh, there are a lot of different things that you can do the prospect that you are reminding people that, hey, this is what I do. Yeah. And what I find is if you don't remind people what you do, they forget what you do. It's amazing, right? And there's like 5,000 realtors in Colorado. Somebody's going to remind them. Somebody's going to remind them with their mailer. Yeah. Or their note. Yeah. Or they're door knocking or yep. they're popping by. And if you didn't, guess what you just did? You lost that client. It's very important to let people know. And I think to do it in a tactful way and do it in a way that um, keeps it in people's mind, but they have to connect with you as a human. Absolutely. Right? So as an example, when we always say when you call somebody like a past client on a birthday call, um, you don't mention business. You right. simply say, hey, John, just want to tell you happy birthday. Hope you have a fantastic day with right. you and your family. So uh, anyway, happy birthday, man. We'll talk to you later. And just leave it, leave it like that, not, hey, you know, you know anybody looking to buy or sell anytime now or in right. the near future? Right. Um, <laughs> He's like, I'm honestly thinking about going golfing, dude. I'm not thinking about, it. well, that buddy of yours, he may want to, yeah. Yeah, know, so yeah. you can 
you know, have that personal relationship mm-hmm. with all of those people and do those happy birthday wishes. And, and however you build, you're building your business to do that. And uh, social media, while it is in, inundating and daunting mm-hmm. a lot of times, it's also very good. You actually see people's lives, even if they're painting the pink <laughs> house and the white picket fence and it's not really like that. You yeah. can see changes in people's lives that you are on social media with. It's you can tell yeah. if you actually know them. Yeah. And that's how you can also stay top of mind for people when they're when their kid, you know, does a big play or something or um, Marquise mentioned my daughter's hair. So oh. it's been this big thing on <laughs> Facebook this past week. My daughter dyed her hair. We dyed her hair two different colors, and it was a two-year Your youngest process, or your oldest? My youngest. Okay. And I haven't seen her blonde in four years. So to take all of that color that she had before out of her hair and see her blonde again was pretty cool for mom, yeah. right? But to have people like, notice oh, you're adorable. your daughter's yeah. hair looks really cool, that's a big deal for me. Yeah. You know, so that's something that I'm going to remember that she had said to me. Yeah. Like she paid attention to what was going on in my life and it wasn't just her scrolling through my social media. That's amazing. That's right? amazing to be, to um, think of prospecting that way, um, to connect with people where they are. Right. Right. And, and it's not, like you say, not necessarily just a phone call. Right. It's, it can, many other aspects. Well, and the big thing, life changes. You can tell if someone's going through a divorce. Yeah. Well, now Which, by you the way, you the got, you, I was going to say, you're buying at least, <laughs> at least one more house, possibly <laughs> selling one. <so. laughs> possibly. Yeah. <laughs> Or, you know, new baby and they, you got them in that condo that's one bedroom and now they're yeah. pregnant. Guess what? That's yep. a real estate opportunity. And that's, to me, that's not being a shark or trying to, you know, hound somebody for business. That's me saying, this is what I do for a living. And I notice I you have a change this and this is, I'm here for this you. This is huge for you to have mm-hmm. this change and I will be that resource for you. That's fantastic. Um, do you have any family members in the business? No. You don't? I don't. Oh. Do you wish any of your children would get in the business? I do. Really? Yeah. Okay. Some people some people don't wish that on their children. Other people are like, man, I really think my, my son or my daughter should get into this. Um, I want Have my you... kids to all be military. I want my kids to <laughs> all be real estate brokers. I want them all to be contractors and do construction. Yeah. I yeah want you want to do all that. Yeah. yeah. But um, part of me wanting to have my own brokerage was mm-hmm. to leave a legacy for my family. Mm-hmm. So... It's disappointing so that none of them are in have the you, industry. Have you talked to them about that? In the industry, have in a different way. How so? Um, my oldest works at a bank. Okay. And actually is now saving for his own down payment and understands mortgages a little bit oh. and what you actually yeah, need yeah. to get there instead of finance. mom being like, hey, go see X, Y, and Z brokers. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so he's learning about finance and what it actually takes to have a mortgage. Um, my One of my middle sons is working toward becoming an electrician. And then uh, another one of my sons is a certified welder. He just graduated welding school. Oh, wow. Um, so they're all like... The, it can all be uh, like... like an, somewhere yeah, in like the a, industry, like right? An appendage of it, but it's not necessarily yeah. just... It's not necessarily the, the real estate Selling agent. and buying part. But if mom wants to start flipping properties and doing stuff, I got some people that <laughs> might be able to do some work for me uh, good pretty elect- inexpensively. <laughs> good electrician is, is very important. So, um, and I'm going to hit a, a rapid fire, a few more questions Kay. here. Number one is, when should an agent look to build a team? Is it a certain amount of production that they need to get to? Or, or like what what is like the, the moment that you really need to look at that? So I think that brokers um, need to educate better on some of that stuff. And I would start by saying, I wish I knew, again, hindsight's always twenty twenty, And I had, a, I had an amazing, phenomenal broker before I opened my brokerage. And when I came to her office, she said, you need a transaction coordinator. And I was like... I did three deals. Like, I don't need a transaction coordinator. Yeah. Wrong. Because hmm. if I would have laid that foundation when I only had three deals and had that transaction mm-hmm. order coordinator out of the gate before I got so caught up in doing all of the tasks yep. and then not being able to pick a transaction coordinator that I jived with because... Now I'm doing 20 deals now, now and now you're, I'm doing now you're 30 frantic deals. And you're, now you have I don't to. have a choice. I got to stay with the one I picked, yep. even if I don't like them or even if they're not doing things to yeah. my standard. So um, I would say every individual agent broker out there is actually a team and they should be hmm. out of the gate. 
you do the things that you are good at. And I'm not saying you should push everything off and not understand the transaction process because Mm -hmm. then you're the one. You have to learn all the details. You have to learn all the details, but you should at least have that transaction coordinator to guide you out of the gate because if they're good and they've been around a long time, guess what's going to be awesome. Yeah. You're gonna have a perfect file, and when you turn that into your broker, they're gonna be like, "Wow, I had a perfect like, file." Like, dang, Brandy, right? it's pretty yeah. good. So I would say, even if you're gonna be an individual agent, you cannot do this rodeo alone, and mm. you need to have a team of professionals behind you. Whether that's a team where you have a showing agent, a listing agent, a buying agent mm. working for you, and a transaction coordinator and an assistant, uh, but you also need to grow your lender team, your yeah. inspector team, your title team. So so the team goes beyond just having a does. buyer's agent with it you. Does. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So I would recommend you think like you're going to have a team, even if you're going to be a solo agent forever, okay. and that you at least hire yourself a transaction coordinator. Okay. So we talked a little bit about, you know, the uh, kind of like pick one thing that, that you have to do. Um, but I'm kind of curious here for anybody listening that's a, that's a real estate agent. Um, what did you used to do in real estate that you found to be not worth doing that you've quit doing? Like, like you, we've all done activities before. Do we've you even sp- know me at all? We've spun our wheels. I'm a D personality, Tim Chase. <laughs> Is there anything that I can let go of? Ask my team. Ask the <laughs> brokers in my office. Um, things that I used to do, I used to run all my transactions myself. Um, okay. The year I did 52 transactions, I ran them all myself without a TC. Oh, my gosh. So guess what happened? I missed two deadlines. Big deadlines. Inspection, termination, or Oof. objection deadlines. And a, that's a huge mistake, and I can own that. Yeah, but, that, but that's a transaction a week. Yeah, it was pretty rough. Yeah, that's crazy. With no assistant and no transaction coordinator. And at the time, I was married and my spouse was uh, stationed in Korea. So I was also running my entire household for How many? Ch- four kids? I do not recommend this. <laughs> Ma- level of madness to anyone ever. Yeah. And it was lucky for me that I actually did have a good brokerage that stood behind me. And mm-hmm. I had LOs. Yeah. That were phenomenal. Actually Title people that were yep. phenomenal and agents on the other side, brokers on the other side that were like, Hey, we get it. Don't worry about it. Let's just do whatever we need so, to do. So your transaction happen. You know, your when should you build a team almost goes perfectly in what did you used to do that you yeah, know that you, you don't can. do and that, that's running solo. That's right. get get some help now. Get people you can rely on. Right. Do the things that you're really good at and find a way. Now in the beginning of business we all know you do you have to do certain things that you don't necessarily have to do later. So as right. your team grows, you don't have to take every buyer up. You don't have right. to, you know, take, you know, photos on, 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 you know, your listings. You can hire a photographer. You can, uh, you know, outsource to a buyer's agent. I don't you, ever recommend taking your own photos, even well, if you're a yeah. first day agent. But in I ha- my office, but we I, don't. But I have, we'll I have one of those uh, like uh, cam- disposable cameras. I thought those are no, those aren't good. iPhone where you stretch the photos, so the room looks. Oh like man, 10 I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. I've seen refrigerators that were like twelve feet wide. I'm like, that is the world's best refrigerator. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute, wait hold a on. Second. That means this room is 180 feet long, which I don't think. Yeah. It is. So yeah. really, Tim, all of the stuff that we're talking about is. Mm-hmm. If you're talking about a new broker, like yeah. I just got my license yesterday. Like mm-hmm. I just passed the test. I haven't yeah. picked a brokerage house. That's the first thing you need to do. Mm. And you need to go where your gut tells you to go out of the gate. Don't put your name on a brokerage because they have a big brand or, or the, uh, uh, the split I find to be the biggest, the biggest problem right. for new agents is to say, well, they're going to, they're going to pay me, you know, 95% of all my stuff. Well, this guy over here is only going to charge me $500 file, but this one's only paying me 80. Well, but this one, well, hold on a sec. Let's back up. What are you getting? Right. Right. What do you get I, I, like, and that, that is akin to a client saying, I'm going to list my house with this place for $500. Right. Well, this guy's charging me 2%. Well, this guy's charging me through. Right. Whoa, whoa, slow down. What's going to help you achieve this? Do you do you want a, uh, a short win, or are you trying to get a big career? For the future? Yeah, are you, like are you, are you actually building a career? Yeah. So you have to interview and you have to go where you feel the most comfortable. Like you're gonna get what you need and understand that when you're and even when you're seasoned in this mm-hmm. industry, everything comes with a price tag on it. Yeah. it. It just is. It is what it is. Houses come with a price tag. Loans come with a price yeah. tag. This business comes with a price tag. Yeah. And if you're not willing to do something because 
again, we're the perpetrators of this the most. Well, yep. my brokerage is a hundred percent brokerage and well, my brokerage isn't, and it yeah. never will be because here's what we provide to yeah. you. Here's what you're going to get. And I promise you that if you follow the path that you've been given, yep. you take the trainings and you put yourself in the CRM and you do all the daily activities the return on your investment is going to be enormous. Yeah. Well, and that's, right? that's, a, that's a huge difference. Am I going to, and I, you know, am I going to get the backbone, the technology, the training, the right. mentorship that I need to win, to be successful? Yeah. To, or to, am I going to be an agent that does three or four deals a year? And then yeah. I'm angry at everybody at the end of the year because I only did. Three well, or four and, deals. and in that, in that case, here's what happens. And this is my personal experience watching thousands or at least hundreds of agents and loan officers when that happens um there has to be a reason right and that reason is never a long hard look in the mirror at least not for the first few years right the reason typically is well geez my brokerage man their technology sucks my split sucks my mentor sucks oh geez who can do a loan with the rates the way they are who can who can buy a house with the rates the way they are brandy we can't sell any houses like like there's always a reason there's always a reason as opposed to yeah, yeah, the reasons are there. They will always be there. Um, I spoke to a gentleman the other day, and I said, what'd you do in 2008? He's like, REOs. Right. What'd you do in, you know, 2003? Well, listings. What did you do? It, it, you know, it, he right. he went with, what, yeah, stuff's going to happen. Well, that's the thing is you have to be able to, always happen. Uh, to be able to evolve, too. If mm-hmm. you are the, uh, my favorite thing that people say, and, and I, pr- I sound, I think I probably still sound young. Yeah. So when I call a broker that has never met me or doesn't yeah. know me. Like who's this millennial girl right out of the <laughs> army. And so I'm like, I'll be talking to them yeah. and they're like, I'm, you know, yeah. I've been doing this for 50 years. Okay. I've been doing it for yeah. 20 as well. So yeah. 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 Kind of, we got to try to evolve a little and make sure that we're yeah. moving with the changes. We're moving in contract changes. We're moving with environmental we're, changes. We're no longer writing contracts on carbon copy paper. Right, thank like, God. Like, <laughs> on the hood of our cars. <laughs> but during COVID, I thought we might actually have to do M- that might again. Have, might have right? to go back to that. Um, but that's the thing is being able to evolve in the industry. And yeah. if you don't, then you won't make it. Let me ask you a question about uh, you being in the military, if that's okay. Sure. So you were uh, an MP, yeah. right? And I see you got a little grin when you say, you're like, heck yeah, I was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, how did that impact or influence your ability to do real estate or how you do real estate? Um, military is about discipline. Yeah. And I don't know, I've been out a long time. So now I see the well, military, I'm like, mm, is it the same discipline that we had when <laughs> I was in? And in every yeah. generation of military is the same way. Well, we we're like, uh, military change so much. You guys got it so easy. Yeah. I think real estate's the same way. Brokers <laughs> that had to write carbon copies on the yeah. hood of their cars are like, I remember back when we had to flip through the listing book. Oh, yeah. You had to, you had to go down to, down to the board and get the book right. each week of the listings. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just think the discipline that you get in the military mm. is you don't ever lose that. Does, um, does so being, you can transfer that anywhere. Does being an MP, uh, imagine, and, and we won't go down this, this rabbit hole, but I imagine that it, it, there were certain times where your resolve was tested and there was a little fear and you had to, you had to just toughen up and do what you had to do since getting into real estate. Um, do you find it easier to not, um, I guess, uh, break down so easy after being an MP? Um, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's still tough. But I'm yeah. not an alcoholic. Okay. I don't do drugs. Yeah. And you know, I, Make it through every day with a smile on my face, pretty much. Even that's a worst. that's a freaking win right? right there. But I go a hundred miles an hour yeah. all the time. So yeah. no, okay. <laughs> because I'm always and my clients, my agents, yeah. everybody will tell you the same thing about me. I am a hundred miles an hour. I have a twenty volume, and that's my indoor voice. <laughs> um, we are talking into microphones. I, I, right. I, we could turn your volume down, though. So that that's I'm a hundred miles an hour all the time because I choose yeah. to be, and yeah. you don't have to be. You can make you, your you, business. You could different. be the guy driving down the interstate eating out of styrofoam. That's slowly. probably never going to happen. Just chit chat. But just also, chit-chat. not going to wrap my vehicle. That's true. So, eh, so you know, either way, it does, you know, it's fine. Hey, a couple more quick questions here before we wrap up. If you could go to um, you look at a brokerage, there's always going to be people doing, um, business and people not doing business. Right. right? Um, and we've talked about CRMs. 
we've talked about um, your database. We talked about um, prospecting times and different things like that. If you were to walk into any real estate office, you're going to get 60% that aren't doing much of anything, right? Um, I think when I was, what was the number I pulled up? It was, I think 17% of agents um, are what you would consider making a living at being an agent, something like that. And that was just numbers that I had pulled up. Yeah, yeah right. So that, that, that's just making, now some people will, it'll be a secondary income. Right. And, sure. and, and so that, that's, yeah. you know, they, they don't. I got into real estate because I had a, my husband had a steady income. He was right. in the military and this was something I could do and take the kids. Yeah. You're like, woohoo. Turns <laughs> out that's not the case either. <laughs> kids, <laughs> you're staying home. Mom's <laughs> out for about six hours right. showing how the, um, so when you walk into those brokerages and you see, um, people that, um, you know, they say, I want to win. Uh, I, I, I really need to win, but you see their actions. Now I could say this from, you know, running a mortgage team. I can, I can answer this question, but from a real estate team, what, what would you tell them? Like if you, if from, from outside perspective, say, if I could control your actions every day, what specifically would you do to, to get you to the winning stage? <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah, no, I, I don't, there's no magical formula for everybody. Kay. You have to do your um, action-based activities every mm-hmm. day. What are you doing every day that's prospecting? Mm-hmm. And that word is so awful because prospecting can be a gazillion things. We already talked about that. Yeah, but prospecting is very. <sighs> you have to hustle every day. If you're sitting, and, and first of all, if you're sitting in my office and you're like, woe is me and the yeah. sky is falling yeah. get out just go <laughs> i don't want you in my brokerage because yeah. the people that are on fire yeah they don't need if that you're, they, none of nobody needs that there yeah. isn't a there isn't a single person that needs that yeah. you are in the wrong profession if you don't wake up every day with a want need and desire to hustle for this for yeah. real estate, for taking care of people. And I'll tell you what, if you think you're in it for a million dollars, get out now. Just go. <laughs> Save yourself Make it a, a little heartache. easier on yeah. the rest of the people that are actually, like, this is my passion. This is my desire. This is what I yeah. do. And I don't do it. I do it for money, yes. Yeah. It's my profession. And I've worked really hard at it. But I do it for the people. Mm-hmm. I do it for every single client that gets into a home. I do it for every single seller that is going through a situation and they're like, I have to, this house needs to sell today. What are we going to do? It has to sell. Right? And I um, recently had a broker from another state I referred a client to and she called me and um, it was a cool compliment for me. Yeah. Um, And she said, your client told me that I'm not as good as you basically and said that, Brandy My Brown first husband was nicer than you. <laughs> yeah. So for me, I was like, that's freaking awesome. First of all, she is the same as me. So that's not the case. Yeah. However. Pat yourself on the back and say. Hey. Yeah, it feels pretty good to yeah. know that a client, I helped them sell their house. They went to another place with a lot of knowledge in a different market. And mm-hmm. they were like, we want these 10 <clears throat> things because this is what Brandy said needed to happen. And yeah. that agent was like, that's not how our market works. Yeah. But they went with the knowledge that, hey, I need a home inspection. Hey, I need to have the I sewer scope because the sewer this. line was broken in their previous house and yeah. they didn't know it until they went to sell. Yeah, I got clay pipes. I'm getting a sewer. I'm getting a yeah, sewer scoop. So there's to it. All of these, all of these big deal things like yep. that for me is the awesomest thing. Or when an agent says your, your um, one of your brokers wrote the cleanest offer I've ever seen. Okay. Yeah, hallelujah, right? Because I don't, yes, want, I don't want junk I'm coming like, out of here. Mm. But here's, <laughs> yes, I feel the same way when we do a really bang up job on our loans, because what I do actually reflects on every single loan officer exactly, in the company. Yeah. What another loan officer does with their client, and I don't even know about the conversation that you know they're out prospecting, how they handle that reflects on me, right? And it makes my job easier, it makes my job harder, right? And if we can elevate our game. It makes it makes us better. Everybody everybody yeah. wins, and I find it interesting that the answer you gave me when I said, "What is that one thing?" Basically, what I got out of that was you said, "You can't want it more than them." Right. That's kind of the the nuts and bolts of it. They it have is. they That's have to want it. Saying it like that, right? That you can't want it more than them because they, it, you're not going to pull them. Right. You can't pull them, and if they're 
grabbing the back of someone's wagon and dragging them slow. Whoa, 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 whoa. Right. right. <laughs> but if you want to hitch yourself yeah. to my, my wagon and you want to help, or you want to climb in my boat and grab a rower and help row, let's do that. Last but question yeah, for don't, you. Don't sit there and hold everybody else back. <laughs> Last question <laughs> for you. Um, this job is very stressful. Mm-hmm. It can be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you how do you balance that? You have four kids, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you run a brokerage, mm-hmm. and there has to be something that you do. You said you're not an alcoholic. You don't do drugs. You uh, don't uh, you don't drive well, apparently. <laughs> but no, maybe that maybe that's maybe that's how it works. But you. did you die? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you you might Formula One on the highway on I twenty five. It's yeah. that girl, yeah. But what do you do actually do to unwind? Like like what what makes Brandy Brown relax and chill out? Nothing. Nothing. Um, but I'm a people person, so yeah. my unwind is being with people, being mm-hmm. with my kids, you know, hanging out, playing games, going to concerts. Like I always, I can't. I'm not a, a loner. That's yeah. not. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, I'm an introverted extrovert, I guess. And yeah, I, yeah. I just want to like close the door and not be around anybody for yeah. just a minute. Yeah. Well, a lot of times that happens to help you. You can hyper-focus in those situations, yeah. right? But 30 minutes of that, and I'm like, where are all my people? Yeah. Right? Open the door. I got to hear some voices here. Yeah. yeah. I, have to, I have to be involved in with people. And even if it's just like, I, we're going to Costco. <laughs> okay. But, but okay, but that, that, that is a version of a whining because I'm going with somebody. We're going to have a conversation in the right. car. Yep. We're going to walk down, up down each other. We're going to go on a walk through Garden of the Gods. We're going to go to a concert this weekend. Right. Whatever it is, you're with people, and it's it's outside of real estate. And you, it, right. we live in a very beautiful place. You see beautiful mountains, you know, in the landscape. Um, drivers are questionable again. But, um, you <laughs> you know, you're with the people, and that's a great way to unwind. Yeah. That's fantastic. It is for me. Yeah. Well, that kind of wraps it up here, Brandy. Thank you very much for being here again for the second time. Give me a high five on that one. Thank you very much. That wraps up another episode of Cut to the Chase. That was with Brandy Brown from Exit Realty Mountain View. Check in next week for more tips and tricks on how to win in real estate. That wraps up another episode of Agent Success Podcast. Remember, you can find new episodes each week at agentsuccesspodcast.com. We hope you found the insights and best practices shared today truly valuable. And if you did, please subscribe, rate, and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Remember, your success is a journey of learning and improvement. So let's keep hustling, thriving, and learning. Until next week, this is Tim Chase.